This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Arthur Kalayan, VP Sales Partnerships at Jellyfish. Arthur, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hi, Art. Great to meet you. Thank you for, for inviting me. Super excited. Awesome. Great, great. Thank you for coming. So, okay, taking a holistic view, if you can split all app marketing techniques between two buckets, these are organic and paid. With organic techniques, you as an app marketer rely on distribution channels that you don't spend your money on. With paid, you do. That's simple. But arguably, this is the only simple thing about this duo. At some point, you, as an app marketer, faces a choice. Should I go with organic, paid, or perhaps both? And today, we have Arthur to help us out with this tough choice. But Arthur, let's talk about you first. Please tell our audience, how did you get involved into app marketing field? Right. So that's a bit of a random story because, well, I was working for the SEO company and I was looking for a new role. And I was speaking to a recruiter and he started sending me, sending me different jobs. And curious me, I was browsing on the recruiter's profile and there was a guy in the recommendations who said, this recruiter is the best. And the guy's name was James Bott and he just started a new company called the ASO Co., the Apps Optimization Agency. And I asked the recruiter, look, is this guy hiring? He's clearly your friend. And he mm-hmm. said, no, no, he just started an agency. They didn't have any money, nothing. So forget about him. I was like, all right. Next day, he said, look, James actually wants to meet you. And I was like, interesting. So I meet James and his co-founder, Tom, two guys in East London, shared office. I mean, uh, they just started an apps optimization agency because they left MNC Saatchi Mobile which is mm-hmm. a media agency. They just realized that there is a big appetite for ASO and their first client was eBay. And I thought, look, I mean, yes, it's just two guys, but they already have eBay as a client. I would give it a go. And the rest is history. <laughs> sure, sure thing. That's a nice start to start with eBay as a client. What was the year when it happened? It was 2016. 2016. So, that, that's pretty good timing. Uh, eBay was pretty. Uh, it's still. Uh, it's still a big company today. Yeah. But yeah, four years ago it was even bigger. They're kind of uh, on the background these days. All right, let's switch from you to your company and what you're working for, Jellyfish. Let's talk about the company and its name uh, because you know. To be honest, my recollection of my encounters with Jellyfish when I while I was swimming is not that pleasant. Wild Jellyfish. Right. Yeah, so there are actually two versions of the story why it's called Jellyfish. One is more exciting than another. One is not true. So (laughs) the exciting and not true version is that our Uh CEO had to fight the Jellyfish to provide for his family on the island. But this is not true. The true version is that 15 years ago, him and his co-founder were trying to come up with a name which just wouldn't involve anything digital because every agency back in the day was called digital something. So that's why they came up with something which was also available for the main name, which was Jellyfish. (laughs) 
Right. So it's totally analog, not even remotely <laughs> to be digital. I don't know. Someday robotics will take over this field as well, and we will get uh, robotic jellyfish. But as of now, that's not the case. All right. Let's cover the well, first the basics, the split in app marketing between organic and paid. So there is a story behind both. Uh, let's lay out for our listeners. What is organic app marketing? What is paid app marketing? Yeah, so there was this uh, misconception, I would say, more among the startups. And I had the same problem when I was launching my app. When you think about organic, you kind of think about being posted on TechCrunch, on Product Hunt or whatever. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, people find you, people are excited, you click the launch button and that's it. You have millions of users. But it's not true. That's not how it works. The, the reality is that for organics to actually work, you need to have a strategy in place, which would include, yes, it's some digital PR, but it's more about apps optimization. It's more about search engine optimization for your website. It's about creating these virality loops and referral campaigns. And then paid, yes, it is Facebook. It is Instagram. It is numerous channels. But even things like Spotify ads, which might not necessarily be trackable, they're also super important for brand awareness. So again, when people think about paid, it's not just cost per install, it's also brand awareness because only then you actually get the results. Exactly. So I remember back in the day when I was a part of app marketing agency, I was introduced to this notion of a life cycle for an app. Perhaps really close to you know kind of a, the meaning that you would you know attribute to any living or not living thing. There's a birth, you know, younghood, adulthood, and the death. So hopefully, death yeah. never comes to an app. But there's a life cycle which it goes through, you know, through uh, conceptualizing, funding, development, marketing. So where both paid and organic fit into the life cycle of an app. Yeah, so two examples I like to give. One is Prisma. Prisma was a photo filter app in 2016. Again, as I said, it was a very similar story that they relied on digital PR only, only on being posted on all these news outlets. And if you look mm -hmm. at their data, it goes up and up and up and up. And then at some point, it just crashes and never comes back because there was no strategy behind it. They launched the app without any strategy. But then another good example is actually TikTok. So people think about it as an overnight success, that they all rely just on organic marketing, that everyone knows TikTok, but there are billions, billions behind it. So the, the right timing is actually any timing, because when you launch, you want to support your launch with a proper strategy. And when you grow, you don't want to lose to smaller competitors. For TikTok, there are so many competitors in India, in the US, in Europe. So if they stop marketing, they will die. So it's actually any, any point of your time needs to be uh, basically a good timing for marketing. Got it, got it. That's a it's really good um, comparison to these two apps, giving you know, like as vivid uh, differences you can get. There's another notion I would like to bring up, which is app visibility, because yeah. this is one of the things that organic app marketing is based on. It's kind of a both simple and complex. Simple because, you know, an app to be downloaded and generate a profit, it needs to be found, right? Really complex and straightforward, but uh, not, not, not complex and straightforward, but complex because, again, there is just several million apps combined in both Google Play and the App Store from Apple and there are so many of those apps that, that 
cover any kind of need, specific need for people to try to fulfill uh, gaining that app for their smartphone or tablet. So if, you, if we're talking about 2021, what is the current state of affairs with app visibility? Uh, how hard for an app to be found today? Uh, perhaps there are any categories that are um, easier in this respect than others? Yeah, so the misconception again about the App Store is that you need to go where there is less competition and then you'll be found. The reality is that less competition means less data. So you actually are more likely to be found if you go into competitive category because there will be more data about what people search for. So mm -hmm. it's actually easier to be, to be launching a new fitness app because there are lots of people now who need home workouts, we need Peloton, we need like uh, exactly. some fitness, stay healthy, et cetera, et cetera. If you launch, and I'm not joking, there is like a brick delivery app in Canada. If you launch a brick delivery app, it's actually quite difficult. There is no competition, but there is also no data. So there, you, you can't find any, any kind of uh, reliable information about if people would actually look for that. So the best strategy, if, if you're launching an app, is actually to, to research. Obviously, there are 2 million apps on the App Store, um, and uh, it looks like it's never been harder to be found. But the reality is that you have more data, so use that data to be found. Right. It's uh, both unencouraging because there are 2 million of apps and encouraging because there, there are companies that do provide data, like uh, Sensor Tower app, any uh, the, those big guys who have been on the market for years and know their stuff really well. And yeah, I'm not sure they get, they can help you out with a <laughs> brick sorting uh, uh, app because it's just very niche. I wonder um, like what you should do if you really try to launch your app or should, probably should just rely on, you know, good luck as you used to years ago. But as we say, it's not a strategy for your app marketing efforts. And yeah, there's a, you have to remember that there's a reason why we call this platform a store, because it's really like yeah. a store, like a mall. And you shouldn't expect the equal visibility because some stuff, you know exactly where it was, you know, been stored in, there's no effort on your part. You can just go and get it stuff. And other occasion, it's really hard to find something and you have to, you know, go through mm -hmm. the aisle, next aisle. But yeah, launching an app in the category about which you can just get the data, get the report, aggregated numbers that will help you to make an informative decision. Um, what should be a strategy? All right. So let's talk about uh, two biggest paid platforms in my book, yeah. which is Apple search ads and Google uh, ads. Let's start with Apple. So it was launched in 2017, feels like ages ago today. So over the course of these years, it has become one of the major paid app platforms. How would you describe its marketing potential for iOS apps today? Is it a good fit for any app category? Probably not. Uh, perhaps any data points for an average CPI? Because it's been a while since I've heard like the recent data for CPI numbers. And my last question, this block will be, would you advise it for any app marketing project? Yeah, so it used to be kind of uh, the saying that Apple is what Facebook was five years ago uh, in terms of the costs and in terms of effectiveness. Um, I mean, interestingly, it's still kind of 
almost stays true that it's much cheaper than running paid social. Because if you look at the CPIs in the US and the UK, for instance, it would be around 1.2, 1.3 for install, Mm -hmm. which is very cheap compared to Facebook, which is three, four dollars. Now, in terms of the effectiveness, I mean, again, if people are searching, then if you if you are not creating a new category like brick delivery, then uh, obviously right. it's a good channel because you know that people would be searching for fitness or dating or streaming or music. So if you go into an existing market, it's a fantastic opportunity to leverage this search because people are searching, they're already incentivized. If they see you, chances are they will download and be happy as opposed to Facebook where they just being fed the banner. So you don't actually know if they're interested or not. On the other hand, as I said, in terms of creating a new category, it's quite diff- difficult because you need to target keywords which might not be related. So like if, you, if, if that's brick delivery, then it might be homeware or DIY and, I don't know, uh, Wayfair and B&Q, which might, might be completely random. And then the costs all of a sudden go up. And another thing is obviously brand campaigns and um, this uh, always discussion about if you need to bid on your brands against uh, kind of uh, competitors, it's it's really hard to say for each brand. Again, it's very difficult uh, to say if you're eBay, there is a clear difference between eBay and Amazon. If I'm searching for eBay, I do want to download eBay. But if it's between, let's say, I don't know, Spotify and Pandora, that's where it gets a bit blurry, right? Because both offer more or less the similar thing. So again, for each brand, it's individual. The effectiveness and if you need to build a new brand and how much you need to spend. And also, interestingly, it's very easy to hit the cap in terms of the spend. So it's not like Facebook where you can set the millions in terms of your maximum reach. On Facebook, for some categories, you can spend and spend and spend like 10 millions per month easily. On Apple, for some categories, it's 20,000 maximum. It, sometimes even 10,000 maximum because there is not enough people searching. However, if they search and find, those are your users. Right. So it's uh, limited in terms of scope, but way more higher quality and uh, yeah. more capable to reach out people more directly. There's yeah. no need for you to like, yeah, we know that so many folks are on Facebook, but they may not go on a Facebook, hopefully not go on a Facebook to search for apps, but they, you know, open up their um, app store app on their iPhone or iPad and yeah. boom, they see those ads right away in the search. So that's kind of a natural fit between you as an app marketer and your audience. Exactly. There's no, there's no extra layers of Facebook, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, are you, just to double check, are you allowed these days to bid on the... Um, brand names of your competitors. I remember oh, it used yeah, to be. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact, Apple Apple encourages you to bid on your competitors. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Let's let's bring up some uh, tips for running ad campaigns on search ads. Yeah. So it's very reliant on your metadata. Actually, both metadata and creatives, but metadata even more because the the more optimized your metadata is, 
the more effective your Apple search ads will be. Because Apple search ads gives you a relevancy score. Relevancy score is based on your keywords. Keywords is obviously part of apps optimization. So if your app is not optimized, then you will not be visible for search ads. And it works other way around as well. So if you want to be organically visible for, let's say, workouts, you bid on workouts, you ensure that your conversion is high and your organic ranking for workouts will go up as well. So ASO and search ads are very closely aligned. So if you want to make it work, you need to optimize your app for high conversion, which involves better creatives, better video, better copy, and high visibility, which is better metadata and more relevant metadata. Because if you bid on uh, keywords which you don't have in your declared keywords field, then mm. your relevant score will be zero, which means that you will not be shown at all. Right, great. That's, that's a really nice synergy right there. Uh, let's talk about the other part of the universe, uh, of the app marketing universe, which is uh, Google Ads platform. What would be your tips for running an ad campaign on this platform for app marketers? Yeah, so probably the first difference is that you can spend much more because it's not reliance on search specifically. It can be on Gmail, it can be on YouTube, it can be uh, like on any Google property, basically. And there are, there are quite a few of them. There are lots of users. It's both iOS and Android. Uh, the cost might be, it might be slightly more expensive. For some categories, it's actually much more expensive than Apple Search Ads, purely because of competition. On the other hand, the scope is much bigger and you can test much more. It's very reliant on your creatives. So 70% of your performance is reliant on having good creatives, which is again, testing your banners, testing your copy, testing your videos. And another thing is that the, the biggest mistake probably that uh, marketers make is not having their Firebase set up correctly because Google app campaigns only work properly when you have Firebase installed. If your Firebase is all over the place, then your costs very quickly will go up, especially on iOS, because you won't have the right events to track, you won't have the right kind of audience uh, building system. So it's very easy, easily can go wrong if you don't have the Firebase. Got it, terrific. Uh, let's bring the whole thing back home and talk about applying organic and paid marketing um, in concert. What yeah. strategy would you suggest to marketers? Yeah, so first of all, um, I mean, you need to be tracking the right things. So let's imagine that someone sees your home workouts app on Facebook. They click the banner, they get to the app store. If your creatives and copy are not optimized in the app store, they might leave because they won't be able to understand why you're different to Peloton, why you're different to Strava. So they will leave, your conversion goes down, your costs go up. And you question, is there something wrong with the Facebook banner? No, something is wrong with the app store. So you need to have all these different things that you track uh, because ASO affects your costs. So if you don't track your conversion from the app store, then you actually lose out on the valuable data. So the first thing to do is to set the right kind of uh, data points that you track and to make sure that organic and paid teams communicate because the majority of companies out there, unfortunately, what happens is that 
paid would never speak to organic team. They sit completely separately. They have different budgets. They have different strategies. And what if it happens is that brand consistency is not there. So they have completely different perceptions of the brands. So if you're testing a specific message on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok, test this message in the App Store as well. Because if you say that we have the best boxing workout on Facebook and then on your App Store it says a good running app, then there is no consistency and people will leave because it looks all over the place. So ensure consistency, ensure the right data points, and ensure that paid and organic teams communicate better. All right, great. Now we're in this part of the show when I'm asking my guests a few quick questions to draw a better picture of who they are. And the questions are these. Are you iOS or Android person? I just moved. <laughs> I just really? moved from, from Android. I used to be um, a long-term Android fan on Pixel, and I moved to iPhone. My congratulations. You're, you're in a good hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's jump back in time before both Android and uh, iOS. What was your first mobile phone before multi-touch screen smartphones? It was Nokia 3310, classic. Yeah, that's the classic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ford Great Mustang. Apps, I think it was 7210. Uh-huh, got it. What is your favorite app right now and why? So, I mean, it's not exactly the app, uh, but I got very, very interested in gaming on mobile. Uh, mm -hmm. especially multiplayer games. So I'm really into Among Us, really into uh, Call of Duty on mobile because it's actually so exciting that now multiplayer games, they're so good that you can speak to your friends. It's not just Zoom drinks anymore. It's actually yeah. more than that. You can play with your friends with beers and you can talk about different things while you're playing and shooting zombies. It's exciting. And everyone has an iPhone, everyone has Androids that can work with these games. Yeah, well, what else you would do if you cannot shoot a zombie on your, you know, <laughs> sitting at home? That's that's the way to spend your time. No, <laughs> I'm half kidding. That's that's really a way to just uh, get rid of your routine. Uh, exactly. Depression, to be honest. All right. So if you're holding your brand new iPhone uh, and you're on your and this device, probably you, you you haven't had any hadn't had a lot of experience with it, but just you know, overall as a concept, the smartphone. What new technologies you would like to see in this device to make it better for you? Not a hype, not a gimmicks, but something you're useful for you to make it, you know, a better thing in your pocket. Right. So actually, one of the things I'm super excited about is uh, social audio. And I think that's that's already available, but that's uh, actually growing more and more. I mean, probably the best example is Clubhouse which is mm -hmm. absolutely booming at the moment, uh, which is audio-only chat rooms. And I mean, we're also recording this podcast and there are apps like Stereo, which allow any people in any part of the world to record their own podcast just on the smartphone, which is crazy. You don't need a mic, you don't need any technology. You can just record the podcast straight away with one push of the button. And I think uh, Twitter just launched Spaces, which is also audio-only chat rooms. And I think that's really exciting because we're moving away from this TikTok video era to audio era, which is absolutely fascinating. 
Yeah, terrific. Um, okay, so before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Yeah, so they can email me. Obviously, it's uh, name.surname, arthur.klein at jellyfish.com, or they can uh, find me on LinkedIn, or in a, in a year's time, they can find me in London, somewhere in a pub. So it's up to you, whatever. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, wonderful. Yeah, it should be okay this year. I, at least I hope so. All right. Thanks a lot for your time in coming on our podcast, Arthur. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Art. Bye-bye. And that was Arthur Kalyan, VP, Sales Partnerships and Jellyfish. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet or computer as soon as we release that. And please, don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.